You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we have special guests on who share special and vulnerable moments about their lives, their transparency, and all, all the good stuff that they've gone through and the things that they're doing as well. Got a special guest on, Mr. Sean Bennett. How you feeling, brother? <laughs> feeling good. Feeling good. Really appreciate blessed. you for coming back. <laughs> the misscheduling and all types of stuff, man. Yeah. I appreciate your, just your flexibility and just who you are as an individual. I met you two, three months ago. It was about, yeah. Two, three months ago at the the boot camp. And I was just watching when I had the opportunity to observe, you know, the the room. And you're probably like, yeah, hold on, my son about to come by, you know, if you need him to do anything, just put him to work. All right, cool. (laughs) You know, I'm always down for extra free help. (laughs) And you came in, I, I don't know if I gave you directives or what, I don't know what happened, but you did it and you did it well. And it's very rare that people come and execute yeah. on a voluntary basis. And that has to come from a special place, from a support, from not even a special place, you gotta be a special person to actually just to want to work like that on a voluntary basis and just do it well. So before we get into it, introduce yourself, man, just tell the people who you are, and then we'll just we'll jump into it. Definitely. What's going on, everybody? My name is Ashawn Bennett, uh, CEO of Sean on Instagram. Um, I'm an 18-year-old entrepreneur. I primarily trade options, and I like to teach people that are in college or teenagers how they can also trade options as well and have another form of income. <laughs> so you trade stocks, yeah, options, all this stuff I still don't get as a 34-year-old. <laughs> I do not get I have... All the apps, people say, get this. I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm like, I can't get all this stuff, and I don't understand it. Yeah, you can get it, but if you don't understand it. Yeah, it's like I'm putting my money just out there into space, and I get a little bit, but that's just about it. Like, I've bought a few things, and like I said out loud, they say you shouldn't say it. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, how'd you get into all this all the stocks and trading options at a young age? That's a good question. So it was about Christmas time. It was December. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just came um, out of a prior situation, but I was, after that situation happened, I was very focused on entrepreneurship. And that kind of forced me to kind of get in the mindset of, all right, let me start shifting towards, all right, what do I want to keep doing for mm-hmm. the rest of my life or for these next chapters of my life? And for Christmas, I told my parents, I sat them down. I was like, hey, for Christmas, I don't want clothes. I don't want shoes. I don't want no game. I don't want no new controller, none of that stuff. I just want a course on something. I don't care what it is. Just give me a course on something. So I was like, just just make sure you don't waste your money. You know what I'm saying? Just get a course on something. How old are you? What it is, 18. At the point you asked for the course, though. Oh, 17. That's a good title, too, course for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, it is. <laughs> a course for Christmas. There's I so many other things like this you could have asked for: a guitar, video games, a car. You a want car. a course? I told your father you're different anyway. Because I know that <clears throat> um, information changes situations, and the situation I was in, I wasn't making as much money as I wanted to. 
So I thought to myself, like, all right, what are wealthy people doing? What are they doing with their kids? Like, how are they operating in the space? And they were attending masterminds. They were attending conferences. They were buying courses, reading books, and they were constantly researching and like building and stuff like that. And courses was the most cost effective thing that I knew that they would probably, it was in their price range to probably buy it. And I knew it wasn't like, you know, like tens of thousands of dollars that they had to spend. Mm. So I was like, all right, this is reasonable, a reasonable way for me to start getting information. So the first course that they got me was a stock investing course. Um, it was about two ninety seven. It was from Wall Street Trapper. Um, mm-hmm. His in, uh, his investing course. It didn't even teach me about options. It just taught me how to um, dissect the company, how to do my research, how to do my fundamental analysis, and how to break down and analyze <clears throat> the company and just understand the basics of fundamentals, like what makes a company go up or down and stuff like that. So. I went through it on Christmas Day, like after I got it um, on Christmas Day, I went through the entire thing. Um, and then the day after I started um, doing some research on options because I knew options was going to be um, more risky. But yeah. at the same time, <clears throat> it's risky because you might not know what you're doing. Right. So I put all my eggs into like, all right, this is what I'm focusing on. I spent the whole day like, all right. What is options? Like all the basics, the beginners, the advanced stuff. I even learned some advanced stuff um, that I'm not even teaching in my course yet because I still haven't, you know, played around with it too much. But it was still able to make me money eventually. But we'll get back into it too. Um, I, for the next day, it was December 26th and the 27th, I was researching options. So like how did, like, what is it? How do I do it? How do I set up my account? What do I need to do it for? And then all that. So I did all my research that day. I, the next day after that, it was the 28th, I believe. It was the 28th. And that's when I decided to do research on the company that I wanted to trade. And that company was Neo. Um, it's a Chinese EV company. And based on where it was, it was about like 40 something dollars, probably about 44, 43. And basically I wanted to do a swing trade on it, which is mm-hmm. a, about either like two days to like a few months out. Um, it just ranges, uh, it's a long-term play basically. Okay, okay. So I saw it and I broke down the fundamentals of the company. I was like, all right, this is going to be good. They have an earnings coming up as well. That could also be a catalyst for it. So I basically caught it up until that catalyst happened and it basically rolled up to about, I think $66. Um, and I was able to catch that move. So I took the Christmas money that I got and I put it into the trade, which was about, I think about $580 or so. Um, and I put that in the trade and then two weeks later I sold it for 2041 in about two weeks. And I just learned how to do it in about four days. So in four days, December 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. And then I made the trade the 29th in the morning. On the 29th, you made a profit. Yeah. Over a thousand dollars. Yes. <laughs> it was interesting like and I was at, it was so funny because I was actually in uh, my class was at 930 and the market opened at 930 so I was just in math class and I was just sitting there and I had like 2041 just appear on my screen I remember the exact number too it was 2041 I was like why am I in class <laughs> why am I why am I here and then literally it was like I, I remember like it was yesterday it was 932 
<clears throat> and I logged out of the Zoom meeting. I went downstairs. I told my mom, like, yo, mom, I just made 2000 on this trade. And she was like, oh, that's good. That's good. But are you still in school? Or like, Are you still in class? Because I know you got class at 930. I was like... Did I you just hear what I said? Like, let me repeat. Maybe they didn't hear it loud enough. I yeah, was like, yeah, All right. yeah. I just made, I, and I repeated too. I was like, I made two thousand. She was like, That's good. I, I'm, that's good. And she, she had this very mellow tone to, to it. And I was like, You know, what? I'm gonna be happy. You know what? I'm gonna be happy I'm, myself. I'm be you happy not myself. hear me right now. It's because she was still, like, she was downstairs. Um, I, I don't know what she was doing, but uh, she was sitting on the couch. And then I went back upstairs, and I was like, I just made two thousand dollars. Off of four days of work, and I didn't do anything. I was just watching it at that point. After I placed the trade, I was just watching it and like, all right, because I was up actually a few days later after I placed it. I was up like, like four or five hundred. So I could have sold it right there and made like a hundred percent. But I was like, you know what? Let me just wait until like you know, wait until like my parameters that I set. Let me just wait. And then it was at two thousand. I was like, all right, I'm selling this thing, and then I'm just gonna take my profit and just see what I can do with it. So I took half of it. And I invested it into some stocks. I took the rest of it, the last 1000 that I had left over about, and I put that into some more trades. And then I turned that into about 3000 after about a few, about a month or two, I think. Um, probably about 3000 And then, yeah, it was about three months. And then the next following week after that three-month period, which was probably around like starting to be uh, winter, like winter, spring, kind of late. And I did a trade and it lost me about $1,000. And I was like sick. I was like, I was, sick, I was too. sick. I was like, I lost like a thousand. I was like, on one trade, I was like, ooh, that hurt. So after that loss, I was like, all right, let me just take a break real quick because there's some stuff that I don't understand yet. And um, I know I don't know if y'all know what the disc assessment is. Um, but it's like D I S C, and mm -hmm. I'm a very high C, which is um, <clears throat> Be cautious. Yeah, cautious. Like I'm very like I try to be as systematic as possible. Mm -hmm. Like like when I do like it's step one, two, three, and then it's step one, one point one, one point two. <laughs> every one step point, has a step. Yeah, 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 every step has a step. So that's why I was. I think that was why I was so effective in doing my um like learning about it in four days because mm -hmm. I broke it down in a way that I could understand it yeah, in four days. Yeah, that makes sense. And. Because I operated like that, there were some things that I didn't know. So I just started asking myself as many questions as I possibly can. Like, all right, how do I mitigate loss? What do I like? Just do a whole bunch of research on different things that I don't know about. And then I found out about stop losses. A stop loss is basically when you place a trade, let's say you enter at a certain price. And let's say you don't want, let's say you put in $1,000, right? And you don't want to lose more than 10%. Or let's say you don't want to lose more than 20%. Of how much you put in. So let's say you put in a thousand for the trade and then you set a stop loss for 20%. So the stop loss is at 20% of that options trade. So if it drops to 20% or it tries to go past it, it'll exit at 20%, mm. which is so you'll only lose like $200, whatever you set it to, because that's 20% of 1,000. Yeah. So if you set it to 5%, you only lose, what's that, 50? I think like 50, yeah, about $50 or something like that depending on where you set it to. But you can control that. I didn't right, know I right. could control that. I was just like in the trade and I was like, all right, I'm just going to wait for it to go up. And then it started going down. I was like, all right, I'm going to keep waiting. <laughs> and then it just kept going down. And I was like, all right, let me just close my position. And I was down like, I think I was down like like 50 to 60% on that yeah. trade. And then 
I just wasn't, I didn't have the right tools at the time and the knowledge to basically get out of the trade effectively and have proper risk management. So when that happened, I was like, all right, let me just take some time. To, so I took a break. I was still in school too. So I just like, let me just take a break. Um, I still had lacrosse going on. So I uh, did lacrosse and I would just do research on the side. Like, all right, what is like, what do I not know right now? And I made a whole, I think I have like three or four composition books now um, of just options, notes that I have, whether it's strategies, um, notes about what definitions are, um, just different things that I just picked up and I just wrote them down in the book. And now I'm still, I need to get another one soon because I just already filled up one other one that I had. So have you always been like this? Like your entire life just been very like just studious and driven? Yes, but for school because I had my parents. They were they didn't play that like I yeah, had big yeah. grades and stuff. Like in school, I never got less than like a three point two usually. Like I always had good grades um, um, in high school and in middle school and elementary school. Like I was always smart. Like mm-hmm. when I was like three or four, I was already like saying my name, writing and stuff like that, and doing a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, at a very like I think it was younger than that. I was I think it was like two or something like that doing that, but. I was always like very studious and I was always very smart and intelligent, but I was also very um, pushed by my parents because they knew I was smart. If, otherwise, if they didn't know, I probably wouldn't have got pushed as hard. But right. because they saw the potential, they was like, all right, you're going to get good grades. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're you're no exception. Like, right, yeah. right. So, but thankful, I'm thankful for them because they helped me like be this type of person that I am right now. Um, especially like my mom, my stepdad, they actually, they taught me how to... It was a good balance of both where my mom was very religious and my dad was very like um, down to earth. Like, all right, you got to make sure you're doing this, this and this. And you got to make sure that you carry yourself a certain way. Like he used to grow up in like D.C. and Alexandria and stuff like that. And like his life was just different from my mom. But at the same time, it was a healthy combination to help me be this um because i've gotten like a lot of people saying like i'm an old soul like i'm i'm very mature for my yeah, age yeah 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 um i've gotten that a lot and sometimes i don't see it maybe it's just me but sometimes I just don't see it but um no, I, I just try my agree. best to be rooted got you so like throughout life has there been like any like experiences that you've that kind of helped shape you into the guy we see today because like a lot of people say oh he just always been this way, but typically there's like life experiences that shape us into the beings that we are in our current day. Like, what's some things that you've experienced that kind of just kind of shaped you into the Sean we see today? Um, let's just say, if I was in middle school, I would not be sitting here. <laughs> if you were in middle school, if I was in middle school, I would not be sitting here. Why? Because in middle school, it was actually like sixth sixth grade up until about. Fifth, actually, fifth grade, I should say fifth grade, about fifth grade up until about maybe ninth grade, mm-hmm. I was a very troubled kid. Troubled as in how I carried myself. Because it wasn't really anybody's fault except mine. Like, my mom was over there for me. Um, like, because my dad left me when I was like a few months old. And my mom, like, she tried so hard to make sure she provided for me. Um, she, like, worked two to three jobs, I think. She still went to school. And she still paid for me to go to private school. Like she was very like dedicated to making wow. sure that I was good. Yeah. So she worked very hard for me and stuff like that. And I was always grateful for it. And I was always doing what I was supposed to do. But at the same time, I think it was when around my, the time my sister died, my youngest sister, mm. um, she was about 
uh, five years old at the time when she passed away, and I never got to really see her like that as much. But when that happened, I didn't even go to the funeral. Like I was super torn up, like I, thinking about it, not even to fathom like just going there, seeing that actually for myself. Um, and it was just a very traumatic experience for me. Yeah. And then after that, I became a very angry person. Mm-hmm. Like I became very annoying and I didn't want to hear anybody. And I just became a person that I didn't really want. I really wasn't that way before. I was just a very, um, I was very all over the place, very mischievous. But I wasn't really like a bad kid because I was still mm-hmm. smart. But then I started becoming very um, unapproachable for kids and stuff like that. Like I used to always get into fights get into trouble and get called out by teachers and stuff like that. So my mom always got calls from school like, oh, he got in a fight today or he got in this today. Um, and that carried all the way over. It, it was worse, like the worst in middle school. Um, and they got always <laughs> punishment and stuff like that. Like yeah. they always punished me. And then it was one day, like it got so bad. Like I kept, I think I got, I don't know what it was. It was like back to back in one week I got in trouble. And then... It, it seems so tedious, but like they, <laughs> they like made me wear like these certain type of shoes to school. It was like terrible, and I knew that my like everybody at the school was just gonna say something and then call me out, and then yeah. I'd be in another situation because I didn't really hold myself back. Like I wasn't mature. Like I would always like, oh, you got a problem? All right, that. <laughs> and it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a CV after school either. Yeah, it was yeah, always it was like, like I want people to see me. Like I want people to see either I lose or win. I don't care. I just want all eyes on me at all times. Like, don't mess with me, basically. It was, I was always had that energy. And when they sent me to school like that, I was like, all right. So we're not going to class. We'll figure this out. But I got on the bus. Uh, I got on the bus. I made sure nobody saw me. I sat in the back. Everybody got off the bus. I got off the bus last. I got in. I went to the inside of the school. I got on the stage in the cafeteria. I stayed there the entire day. I didn't go to class. I didn't eat nothing. And then Why? When, because I didn't want to go to school class because I knew they were going to say something about the yeah. They put me they, and then I told them that I could walk. I think I walked. I walked home that day because I wasn't getting on the bus because there was too many kids outside. So I was like, I'm gonna walk home. So after everybody got on the bus, which is like an hour later, I walked home. And then they was like, Why are you home late? And I was like, Oh, sorry, I. Missed the bus. And then, and then it was like, why are you, you look, because I was like crying on the way home. I was so upset. And um, it was like, they and they didn't really care. They was like, hey, you did this to yourself. And at first that made me more angry because I was in the situation. Yeah, yeah. It made yeah. me more angry because I was like, but I, but then I had a self-reflection moment um, when I hit, when I was about to go to 10th grade. Because I, from, and also in ninth grade, I was in private school. They put me in the private school. They thought, oh, that would help me too. Nope. I still got in a fight there with everybody there. Like, literally, the whole, like, there was a certain team, and I used to always get into fights with them. Like, everybody, like, I fought mm-hmm. this one, this 6'10 dude. Like, I did not care. Like, I how was, tall are you? I don't know, like 5'8, five, 5'10. Five, I don't know. You fought a how tall was dude? Uh, like 6'10. He was like, I did not care. Like, when I tell you, like, I will see anybody, I had no fear. Ashan. <laughs> what is going through your mind wanting to fight a six ten? Not saying that you should be scared, angry. but just like because I would not handle things lightly. Like everybody, if you had like an issue with me, I never really handled it lightly, um, and I really had to get to a. I was like very emotionally like just not there. Like it was. What very was hard. like? What was the? What was the issue? Because either I think I was in class, and I will always be either. 
I would be annoying sometimes. <laughs> so it would be my fault. Like it would, I, I own up to it. It was my fault. I was very annoying. And when they came up to me and they said something about it, I basically took it wrong. Like, oh, you're coming for me again. And I felt like, all right, they're targeting me. So I've always fought like it's everybody else's fault but mine. And I always blamed everybody. And it took a real level. Uh, my grandma told me, um, she said, it's going to take a traumatic experience for you to change how you are. Because my mm. mom was trying to change me. She was like crying some days. She was like, I really want him to change, but nothing we've done is working. We put him on punishment, sent him to a different school, and he's still not changing. And my grandma said, she was like, There's, it's going to take a traumatic experience to change who you are. But prayfully, it doesn't have to be too bad where you have to call suicide or something like that because that's mentally like that could really mess somebody up. For sure. And my traumatic experience was I got into a fight one day. I think it was it was a fight. And then I got in trouble for it. And I don't remember the exact words that was said to me, but I think it was uh, I got the acceptance letter into a new school. Um, it was a science and tech program called Oxen Hill. And I got accepted to go there. Um, because of my SAT scores, because I had good SATs. And when I got that news, I was like, all right. I, I wasn't even happy. I was like, yo, this is a whole new school of problems. That's what I was thinking. Because it was literally <laughs> three schools back to back where it was just, it was issues, issues, issues. And now I'm thinking, all right, issues again. But then I was thinking like, all right. So I, I sat down. I was like, all right, well, what did, the, what did all these have in common? This school, I was there. I was here. And I was at this school. All the kids are different. So if it's all different kids, but it's me in every single equation, there's something wrong here. So I looked myself in the mirror, and this is kind of where I kind of pivoted. I looked myself in the mirror for about four hours, three to four hours, like straight, like just standing there. like. And I looked myself in the mirror, and three I said- Three to four hours? And I literally talked to myself, and I said, I'm not going to be the person that I was before. I'm not going to- have these same issues. I'm not going to be this person that I was that I don't like. And I'm not going to have these issues that I keep having. And I admit it like, these are my, this is all, this is my fault. This is not their fault. This is not anybody else's excuse. This is not anybody else's issue. This is all me. I need to take full ownership and accountability for it. And I got to own up and I got to change my mistakes and I got to fix it. Otherwise I'm going to be in the same predicament. How old are we at this time? I was like, what? It was when I was going to the school, so about 10th grade, so probably like 13, 14. 13, like 14 years old. And you're seeing your own faults, your own flaws, and who you are and why you pretty much are in the situation that you are in. It took me a while to realize it because like, that's four years. In my head, that's four years, but some adults be taking 40. Yeah. I was like, the fact that I found it out that quickly, I'm just grateful for it. But after that talk that I had myself, uh, I basically went to the next school, which Austin Hill, mm. and I got into no fights, had good grades, made a whole bunch of friendships and relationships as well. I played three sports, uh, football, wrestling, and lacrosse, and life was good. I mean, <laughs> like you just said, life was good. I mean, it was just a pivoting moment for me. And obviously that brought new challenges because it's yeah, not like, yeah, all right, sure. I just fixed my entire life. So that fixed me in terms of the making friends, being social and just being accountable and also um, doing right by like me, like internally. Um, so that helped me like with my character. And then my next problem was um, 
relationships because I was always like good. I was like, all right, I'm good now. So yeah, I'm a good character. I'm a good person now. So I should be able to find, a, you know, what I'm saying like a girl or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I always found like great people, like the whole school, like full of smart people and stuff like that. And I definitely did have my first share of relationships. But there was this one person that I didn't have a relationship with, mm-hmm. but we were like really close friends, like for the whole time I was there from 10th grade to 12th grade. Um, she was really dope, um, but she had her own issues and stuff like that too, like that she was like dealing with herself. And the type of person that I became, I became a very empathetic person. Like, all right, you can, you'll get through it, stuff like that. Like that's just how it was. And I feel like that's kind of why I had so many like different friendships and relationships because I was empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's a good character trait to have, but it's also can be your downfall depending on who it is. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So like that. let's talk about the downfall of it because, of course, we all know about, you know, the benefits to someone being an you know, empath or empathetic towards other people. But yeah. what are some of the downfalls that you have experienced um, in your, you know, I wouldn't say your line of work, but just more so in your life, should I say? Yeah. So when I became this new person, well, when I like changed and I started being more accountable and I, after that 10th grade, that talk, and then from 10th grade to 12th grade until now, um, I started being more empathetic because I was like, all right, instead of me being like down on people, I'm like, I'm being helpful to people and I'm going to, you know, be there, try to be there for everybody and try my best. Um, and that really helped me because to create friendships and relationships. But at the same time, there were certain people you're just not supposed to be empathetic with yeah. because they can utilize that if they think that, because that if that's what the relationship is built on, that might be an issue. Because if it's built on me giving to you, then it won't be built on you giving to me. Mm-hmm. So it's not a mutual relationship, meaning it's not a friendship, meaning it's just it's a leech and a parasite situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting the benefit, <clears throat> even though I have a lot of energy and I'm very charismatic and I'm very empathetic about you know people and stuff like that. And I have a limit, like to how much I can like you know keep giving and stuff like that. And I was giving and helping out and stuff like that. And for about, what was it, like one to two years or so? About two years. Um, and eventually she got into, let's just, she got into, she was in her, already in a relationship. And for about like a year or two, I think it was about a year, it was just constant calls at night, like, yo, this dude's doing this and stuff like that. And I became that dude. Like, you call if you have an issue. And I was always like, because I was always very mature about a situation. I wasn't always taking it out of context. Like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? I was always like, all right, this is what, like oh, like a parent, basically. Yeah. Like, you can come to me and I'll help you out and stuff like that. So that's basically how I was. And eventually got to a point where, um, because we did have a, like a weird relationship, friendship thing right. kind of going on. But when she was in a relationship, I was like, nah, that's, that's done because we're not doing that. Like, mm-hmm. like, that's just not right. So... Basically, she let's just she came over one day, um, and like some like long story short, some things happened. But first, I asked her. I was like, "Hold up, wait. Did you like? Are you still in a relationship and stuff like that?" Um, and she was like, "No," and stuff like that. She lied. And then I kept asking, like before we did anything like serious. I was like, "Hold up, are you like?" Because I kept asking because something didn't sit right with me. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. Like, intuition. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like intuition. Like I don't. <clears throat> like I know we cool But I was like I don't know Right so right right I kept asking And I asked again And then She slipped up And she was like Yeah I guess Well I didn't really Fully end it mm-hmm. But I was like So you basically You lied to me And you're cheating on <clears throat> Yeah so I was like Nah And basically I told her Like yo you gotta 
Yeah, peace out. Like that's not right. Yeah, and yeah. And then yeah, the yeah. guy basically called me, and it was a whole situation uh-huh. where it was like, like, what are you doing, stuff like that. And then the first thing he didn't believe me, and then eventually it became a situation where you know he started making threats and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I'm not about to get caught up in this situation. I'm yeah, of course get not. It right there. So I was like, all right, this is the deal. I'm just gonna be honest right here. And then because I told the truth and I was just being honest about it, he kind of ended it because he was like, wait a minute. Those are some char- like the characteristics I was describing. He was like, yo, that's very similar to her anyway. So, you know, I'll take your word for it. I'll leave you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right there, I was done. Like, he was like, all right, we're cool. I'm not mad at you or anything like that. I'm glad you were being honest about it. Cool. Situation was over with. Like a few weeks later, <laughs> she <laughs> basically calls me and I was on the phone with mom. I was in the car with my mom. I just get a call. Mind you, the phone is not on speaker. It's just not on speaker at all. I answer it. I just hear a whole bunch of screaming, like from her. And I was like, you did it. And I was like, and it was, I was just laughing at it. And I turned to my mom. I was like, cause she, cause she knew my mom was like yeah, cool yeah. with like the girl at first. And then eventually it just went down here from there. But it just got insane from there. And to a point, I was like, this was like cool and stuff like that. But at the same time, I was prioritizing you over myself. Like I was prioritizing like how you felt and just selfish intentions instead of focusing on, all right, what do I want for my life? What do I want for my future? What should my focus be? Right, right. And I had to change that focus. So that was the next thing that I changed. So I my first problem was accountability and just being to myself and not always like jumping at bait and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not going, you know what I'm saying? Like always getting threats and stuff like that. Like I just had to keep to myself and also change my personality and characteristics then my next challenge was focusing on um, what my priorities are. And that was able to change through her. And then after that situation happened, that's kind of how I got into entrepreneurship. And that started um, to tr- uh, transpire in about October, November. And then, like I said, in December, that's when I started asking about that. So October, it was like October to November. I was kind of in a space where I was almost numb after the situation happened because I was like, I can't really trust anybody and stuff like that. Like, cause why, you know, why did that even happen? Like we thought we were friends, but yeah. And basically after that whole thing happened, I basically just was numb, meaning like face, I had no energy, no nothing. I was just plain face. Like even when my parents saw me, normally my parents like, you know, they were arguing with me like, yeah, why are you? But I was always, I was, it was weird almost. Cause I was like, I was doing my chores and stuff. I was getting everything I needed to do done. I was like doing everything I needed to do, but my energy, yeah, my face yeah, just yeah. said like something was wrong and they could just tell. So they didn't have any problems like with your chores. You was like, did you do your chores? Did you do everything? Like, did you, you do just, your like, toning stuff or something? Like, I was just very like, because <laughs> I wasn't, I just wasn't in the mood anymore, like for anything. And I stopped talking to people for like a very long time. Cause I was like, I don't want to give anybody else my attention or energy. And I put it all to myself. I started looking up everything, <laughs> like real estate, like businesses, e-commerce, yeah. and then stocks too, like just like investing and stuff like that. Like the three pillars, but business, real estate, entrepreneur, uh, uh, the stock market. The business, so, real estate, and stock market. Those are the big three. That you are focused built on. wealth. That, okay, 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 okay. That built wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I was researching. So I spent <clears> instead <throat> of spending my time like, you know, just sitting back, not doing anything, or just chilling, playing the game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I decided, all right, I'm gonna put my energy into this. And I actually sold my Xbox a while ago. Like I, I've been stopped playing that. But 
Um, you sold your Xbox. Yeah. It was, I, I never was, heard no XT or twenty. He sold his Xbox. Actually, I got it. So when I came down to Atlanta, it was in July, late July. I sold it in August, the first week of August. I was like, I don't need this anymore. Like, what do, what do I need it for? Like, I shouldn't be playing the game when I can make, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and I thought about it, and I'm thinking about it to this day. I'm you like, an Xbox, an Xbox costs like, like what, 300 something dollars, something nah, like that. I haven't played a game. 300 or 400 something dollars. And now that's how much I'm making every single day. So you're profiting $300 a day. At least. On the, the minimum is 300 profit. At least. So break down the whole scope of like the stocks, the options and stuff and how you make the profit because there's like somebody like myself who don't get it. I semi get it because I've been around the conversations for you know some time now, yeah. but it's just I don't get it enough to be like, oh, I want to sit down, watch it, study it, and okay, this is where I need to put my money in. I get it to the point where people are saying, okay, this is the new way of currency. Yeah. In America, so this is what you need to start doing and start getting it. So I'm, like, I'm trying to get it, but it's just still not making sense to me. So since you're 18, your lingo may be a little different from the people my age. So you may yeah. be helping to understand it a little bit better. So break it down from looking at the charts, all of the ups and downs, all that stuff, and then let's yeah, teach me. So do you know what a stock is? You want the, like a generalized definition or yeah, just, just what a I know? Definition so a stock is pretty much just like an investment into a business of what they own and the shares that they give to the common general population. Yes, it rep the stock represents the entity that you're actually trying to buy into. Yeah. So if Apple or Amazon, if you buy the stock, you pay for the actual, you pay for the actual company. Mm -hmm. And if you buy a share. I mean, you own a part of the company, right? Correct. That's right. the percentage that you own of that company. If they have like 100,000 shares or a million shares and you own one share, that's your ownership of it. So you have right. a part ownership in that company. Mm -hmm. So with stocks, stocks are meant for ownership, basically. You're meant to own like a certain amount of that company. Um, but with options, you basically have leverage over that company. So basically what it means is, Let's say I have a let's say um, Apple's one fifty one hundred fifty dollars. Okay, and this that's the stock price. <clears throat> yeah. So each share of Apple is one fifty. So if I buy five shares, it's going to cost me seven fifty, etc. Right. So if it's one fifty, if I were to buy one hundred shares of Apple, I'd have to spend about fifteen thousand dollars right. just to buy a hundred shares. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> so with options. Let's say let's say let's say I was to do it with stocks. If I was to buy one share of Apple, and I was to sell it at one fifty one, mm -hmm. I'd make a dollar. Right, chump change, dollar. <laughs> Nothing. So if I bought it, sold it, made a dollar off of one share, that's if I'm buying trading stocks. That's what trading stocks is. You're buying and selling a stock. Mm. With trading options, options allows you to trade one hundred shares of Apple. So if I trade fifteen thousand dollars worth, which is hundred shares. And if it goes up one dollar, I make a hundred dollars. Okay, because okay. I own one hundred shares. So yeah. whatever the amount that the stock goes up, it's multiplied that times a hundred, and that's basically how much you make. So if it goes up ten dollars times a hundred, that's a thousand. If it goes up one dollar, and it, you own, you literally made a hundred. If it goes up one dollar, so if I make three hundred a day, yeah, in profit, because you're just buying it and then selling it. Um, 
But you're, the only ta- caveat with options is you have a time limit. So what's the time limit? Uh, it depends on how much you buy it for. So, for example, if you get a options contract that's closer to the like the date that you're in. Oh, so, break down options. Yeah. So if it's January 1st, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say I was trying to do a scout or a day trade, which is basically trading within one day. So from 930 to 4 o'clock when market closed, trading within that, like buying and selling before the end of the day, that's basically day trading. So if I wanted to day trade, I'm probably, personally, I'm going to select a options contract that's at least maybe one to four days out mm-hmm. in t- expiration. <clears throat> and the, thing, the way they work is expiration is basically like, your, let's say like your iPhone. Yeah. Like it has 100% battery. Like if you have a shorter options contract, maybe two days out, three days out, it'll be quicker for it to deplete from 100% to zero. So after three days, it'll go from 100% all the way to zero. So after three days or two days, however long your contract is, it'll be worth $0. So after that certain amount of time, but you have that, so so you you have have a certain time limit to actually work with it before it actually decreases in value. So it's like a used car in a sense. Basically. So you have a certain amount of time before you, you can use it for it to actually be effective. So if I were, and that's called theta. Theta is basically how much it takes off. So let's say you do it for two days, like I said. After the first day, around probably 40 to 50% of that contract is going to be like depleted in terms of value. So you have that amount of time to work with that contract. However, it's going to be cheaper to get it for short term. So if I were to buy something that's two days out, I could probably get that for like like $100, $200, something like that. And then I could trade it within that same day. And if it goes up a dollar, I'll make my 100 or I'll make my 200. If it goes up $2, you know, I'm just trading within a day. But if I were to get one that's 200 days out, Mm -hmm. then that might cost me maybe like 1,000 or like 1,100, 1,200. Because the reason that is because I have more time for it to actually get to that point. So if I have more time, the, the stock market overall goes up. It has a bullish, um, bullish meaning like it goes up over in value over time. Overall, the market goes up maybe like 10% a year overall. So every single stock in the stock market goes up about 10% around that amount. So because they know that the stock market keeps going up gradually over and over and over again every single year, if it goes up a certain amount, that means you ha- you're more likely to make money. So that means you're more likely to be profitable. Since they know that, they be like, oh, no, no, no. You're most likely to make money. You got to pay more. What? You got to pay more for it. Because it's like the contract is because I have more time to make money. I have more time for so it. The more reason. time you have, the more you, you got to pay. pay. The less time you have, the less you have to pay because it's less risky. So what you said is less risky. Because let's say, let's think of it like this. If. If I have a 200, <coughs> let's say I think, let's say I have a one. So strike, I'm going to use strike prices. Strike prices are basically a price that I think that the stock is going to go to mm-hmm. or it's going to pass after a certain time. So let's say a stock is at 150, like Apple's at 150, and I have a strike price of 152, right? So it's, I need, it needs to hit $2. I have two contracts. I have one contract that has a, um, Let's just say three-day expiration. And then I have another contract with the 300-day expiration. This contract 
is not going to have as much time to hit that two dollars mm-hmm. as this one does. Because like, which do you think? Okay, do you think the three day or the three hundred day is going to most likely go up two dollars in that time period? So do you think it's going to take three days or three hundred days most likely? So that's how it basically works. So if it goes up, if it go, it can it can go up two dollars or one dollar in that time frame. But it's less likely to happen for in three days than it is for three hundred days. Yeah. So you're less risk here, but you have to pay more since it's less risky because you have a better chance of making your money back. So what I do is I trade the shorter time frames, like the shorter time frame contracts when I day trade, but I have to pay less. But I trade stocks that have that move more, like yeah. when, during the day. Okay. So since they move, I make profit. So if it moves, let's say I buy it for uh, one day out, two days out, something like that. If it moves my $1, $2, $3, $4, $5, that's how much I make for the actual contract. And sometimes I buy multiple contracts because I have more money now to use. But that's basically how it works. So there's risk involved with options trading. But I just want you to get accustomed to different types. So let's say somebody doesn't like, you know, trading all like, you know, all day and stuff like that. Like, oh, I got them busy. So let's say they want to do something more long term. They can do something called swing trading, which is what I did with my first trade where I waited about two. I placed a trade, waited about two weeks, sold it. So after I placed the trade, I don't have to do anything else. Um, All I have to do is just like maybe watch it occasionally and see like, all right, where is it at right now? Mm -hmm. And then once I got to a price where I wanted to sell it at, I'll just sell it. So with swing trading, I had to pay $580 for about, I think it was a one month expiration on that contract. And I sold it two weeks in. So I was able to make my 2000, but at the same time, some of it was kind of taken off in value because I had to wait a little bit and the theta started to kick in a little bit. So I could have probably made maybe 2200, 2300, but because of you know time decay, because I had my contract out for a month, kind of took it off a little bit that's just how it works so with swing trading let's say actually if i was to get that same contract for maybe like let's say two weeks out mm-hmm. it might have been maybe two hundred dollars and if i got it for one week i might have been like maybe a hundred or something like that that's just it keeps getting smaller because it's less likely to hit that price like if a stock normally moves like two dollars in a day it's less likely to move ten dollars in a day but it is more likely to make move $10 in like a month or a year because yeah. it has time to do it. Right, right. So with swing trading, it basically you have to pay a little bit more than you would for day trading. But you get better security because it's like, all right, depending on the company that you're trading, it's more likely to go up in value than it is to not go up that much in value. And mm-hmm. you still, it's just <laughs> less risky overall. Um, if you are swing trading a company or you're trying to swing trade... Um, a specific stock or something like that, I highly recommend that you do it with a company that's good, like a fundamentally good company. Like, What's a fundamental type of company? A fundamental company is a company that basically has like good, basically, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say fundamental, but like good <laughs> breakdown of the company. So like, for yeah. example, Apple is a great fundamental company. Like it has so much, like they have about 190 billion dollars in capital sitting off to the side so they can pay for whatever they want to basically so they have like their their debt to income ratio they have like really good um fundamentals is basically statistic that they have Mm -hmm. so it's basically like a almost like a report card so what did they get an a in their math did they get an a in sociology and this is stuff you can find online yes really you can research it but like 
the reason why it's being so popular now because you know our culture is starting to like introduce it to our families and starting to introduce it to our people now but certain families already introduced it already because yeah. we've been investing for years the top 10 percent of americans right now own about i think 90 percent of all the stocks the u.s stocks mm-hmm. like 90 percent and the top 10 percent own 90 percent so the rest of the middle class or everybody that's below we don't really own that much majority right so the reason why it's becoming so popular now because ownership is like so important and ownership in good companies is also important too because if you were to get um if you were to put a thousand dollars into netflix like 10 years ago i believe it would be like seventy five thousand dollars today yeah like those returns like and think about it so like those people that put they have millions of dollars billions of dollars and they put that into like a company or they invested into that company let's say they put a hundred thousand dollars into netflix 10 years ago they're balling right now on that actual that's one that's only one company too there's multiple companies that do that but the importance is to find a company that has the fundamentals to basically say all right this company has a great ceo this as a company has a good management team they have good fundamentals. They have good, you know, stats and stuff like that. They have a good debt to income ratio. Um, they do good in, during earnings. Like they, you know, pay their shareholders back and stuff like that. Like simple things like that can identify a company as either good or bad. And once you know that, you already know, all right, I can invest in this company or I can trade this company. Um, and it just makes it so much easier. Dang, you smart. <laughs> like... I get it now. It makes sense, you know. So it's pretty much all in your your due diligence and your research. Like if you're a person who doesn't like researching, then you might not. It might you, not you, be a you thing. probably won't win. So it's like you see that you have a mentor like yourself, who you do like because you got you got a coaching program, or is it or just it's a, a course. course? So you got a course. I'm launching a coaching program, but we're going <laughs> still. You know what I'm saying? I still got some learning to do. You know? Oh, for sure. So you got the course. And it's pretty much like a, it's like a stocks for dummies in a sense. Basically, I go so I tailor it to beginners because my whole goal is to teach people that are in high school all the way up until like college. Like so, mm-hmm. that's my audience because you know I'm 18. Plus um, some, I started uh, this when I was 17. Older folks like myself who don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, like y'all definitely, and that's the thing. Like if I can teach it to somebody that's because I have somebody that uh, I gave the course to him for free. Um, he's 13. And I told him, if I can teach you how to do this and you can learn it and you can actually understand it, then I can teach anybody. Oh, facts. So if I can teach a 13 year old, I can teach you. I should be able to teach you. I, you just, you yeah. just taught me. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think anybody ever really explained, like, you know, it's all in the research. Because everybody says, so you need to look, like, they always, they make it complicated because it's like, all right. Because some people, there's some people that actually um, got my course and they might not. Do as much research and I can tell because it's something the question that they ask. So some people can ask me an intelligent question about like I'll just give you an example. So somebody asked me, I'm just I'm just making this up. This is super random. Let's say they said they hit me in the DM, like they got my course or something like that, and they're like, yo, this stock just did a I'm seeing a bullish pin bar on Tesla right now. And I'm thinking about doing a call option, but I still need some more confirmations. What would you recommend? Something mm-hmm. like that. So they understand candlestick patterns. Of they understand like if you get my crush, you understand. <laughs> they'll they'll understand candlestick patterns. They understand 
when they should get in and out of a trade and they're trying to manage their risk in terms of, all right, should I get in or should I not? That's an intelligent question to ask me. If you ask me, um, if you ask, like, I'm trying to think of a question because I don't want to say, like, every question is a dumb question, but there's certain questions that you can do research on. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, for sure. if someone asks me, if they have my course already and they're like, what is mm -hmm. an in-the-money option? What is an out-the-money option or at-the-money option? That's something you can Google. That's something they can that's Google, but it's also something that's in my course that I teach. Yes, yeah, so you ask me these questions, yeah. like you, you just get the course. Yes, yeah, so like, you ask questions that you already know. And I can, I, I learned, like, and the reason I'm so heavy on that is because of how quickly I learned it. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like, I looked up, like, I think there was like one video that taught me, and I just had questions, and I just did more research based on that video. It was like an hour long video, and it taught me everything from like what type of contracts they are. But I also had to, when I got my feet wet, that's when I was able to actually, you know, learn some of this stuff. And even people that I give the course to that were like, you know, like younger, like 13, 14 and 15, like I want really want them to understand it. They don't even ask me questions like that. So yeah. I know if they if they, you know, get it, then you shouldn't be right, you know, right. asking me that, especially if it's in there. Right. So like right. some stuff like that. But if you don't know, if you you're a beginner, you don't know anything about it. I'm fine with that because you, you just don't know. You just mm -hmm. like, what is it? In my, like, I've heard about it, but I don't know. Like you can Google it, but at the same time, you Google, you still won't get it because you might not understand, it, and that's fine. But right. if you have the if you have the resources to understand it, then I feel like you sh there's, there's just certain questions you shouldn't ask. Like if I go into a room, like if you go into these conferences or you go into a room and you ask somebody a question to try to basically, it's a base like a basic question, like what is a stock? Like if you come to me like what is a stock? That's like a simple question you can Google. Like mm -hmm. It's like a, what is a stock? Just type it in Google, it'll tell you. Boom. Yeah. But if you ask me what is, like if you ask me like a detailed question, like, all right, um, I'm seeing a symmetrical triangle pattern on Roku, mm -hmm. and I think it might break out above this point. I'm trying to set my price level. Where should I set my price level? Something like something like that is a little bit more like, all right, I understand what this is. Right. And I'm trying to actually, like, I can see you're actually, you know, it's basic research, though. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much more intricate that I can, there's certain things that, I'll just say it right here. <laughs> Debit spreads, credit spreads, iron condors, butterflies. Like, you probably are like, what the heck is that? <laughs> you, you confused. But those are, um, and this is this is not to confuse y'all. This is not what I do right now, and I actually don't teach this in my thing. I just teach basic like options trading, buying a contract, selling it. But you can basically do structures, which is when you're buying and selling uh, multiple contracts in a certain way to get a certain output. So I'm gonna give you an example. So if I was to do like a, I'm probably gonna get this wrong because <laughs> I haven't like studied in a long time. Um, if I do like a debit spread. Let's say, let's say to buy a contract, it costs about twelve hundred, mm -hmm. and to sell a contract, to like to sell the same contract, like because you can buy and sell it. Right. Let's say to sell it, it would be eleven hundred to sell it. So if I bought it and sold it at the same time, I'd have to pay about eleven one hundred dollars because I'm buying and selling at the same time. So what I'm doing is I'm buying the the max profit that I can make, and I'm selling it at the least that it can drop. And I'm basically kind of combining those together. So I'm kind of limiting how much I can make. I better say like. Yeah. It yeah. limits how much I can make, but it limits how much I can lose too. Ah, okay, 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 okay. So I might be able, let's say 
for example, I put I send I spend a hundred dollars on the contract. I might be able to make max like eighty dollars on that specific contract, but I'll max be able to lose like twenty dollars on that. But it's like simple stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I learned that actually I learned that in my my four day period when I was just doing research in four days. Like I just learned it then. I didn't do more research on it until like a little bit later after the trade, but I just stuck to what I understood. I didn't understand what is a debit spread? What is a credit? I didn't know all that stuff. I just yeah. said, all right, I understand buying a contract, selling it. That's what I'm gonna stick to. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. The first contract I did was string trade. That was it. I didn't do anything no, cra- crazy like debit spreads, credit spreads, because we right. try to make it very complicated yeah. instead of just sticking to what we understand and what we know. You're smart, dude. <laughs> You're very smart. And I appreciate you, man, for breaking it down to me and for the viewers as well and for sharing your moment and your story, man, because it's like, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of people think like teenagers. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything special to share or they don't have any moments to share, man. You had a moment to share. You had a situation to share, but you show how you claim came out on top. And it's it's still early for you. Definitely. And you got so much more to learn, so much more to give. But it's just for the fact that you're where you are right now. It's like you're you should be at 28 right now. The way you talk <laughs> and the way you act, it's like you're 20 you're 28 year old, but it's your 18. So I appreciate you, man. So I'm going to do a commercial and then close. I want you to close out with some, some positive words, brother. Yes, so this uh, episode is sponsored, as always, by the Emboldened Institute. It is a community where we are just helping people transform their lives through healing. So what I want you to do is text me 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. Sending out daily messages of inspiration, hope, and just wanting you to help you get back on your feet and just options. <laughs> you know, we all have options, man. We and you, he just taught us the way of options and building your finances. Sometimes your finances can put you in a depressive moment, but if somebody like a Sean can teach you how you can come out of that in the simple way, the most simplest way, and we say affordable too, right? Yeah, it's actually actually. I'll, matter of fact, I'll do a discount for everybody that gets it from this podcast. If okay, you type in. Um, what you want the discount code? Living blessed. Living blessed. If you type in living blessed, you're gonna get a discount on the uh, course, um, and just be tuned for some other stuff that I'm dro- I'm dropping. I'm gonna be launching a mentorship, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna be taking too many people because I want to be very intimate with the people that are in the mentorship. So, but if you want to learn about options in the most basic way possible, um, I have a lot of analogies in there too to make sure you understand. But that's dope. It's very. I just because I got out of school just recently. I feel like I've still got that teaching in me. Like, I'm still used yeah, to it. Like, learning. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know why, but I just feel like I'm very tailored to the beginners. And that's just what I'm just. Yeah, that, that's your thing. Suit. That's definitely a thing. It's, it's dope. Uh, where can they find the course? They can find the course at um, the Options Trading Blueprint, not the options, Options Trading Blueprint.com, Options Trading Blueprint.com. So, O P T I O N S T R A D I N G. <laughs> B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T.com right. Options Trading Blueprint Close this out, man Alright, so I feel like this is really sitting on my heart for some reason I don't know where it came from But um, Choose Choose purpose over profit And choose impact over income And Once you do that Your life will change forever 
because if you focus on money or you focus on trying to make profit and stuff like that, or you try to focus on how much you can make instead of focusing on how much you can learn, how much you can impact people, how much you can um, devote to other people, like it just, it doesn't make any sense because at the end of the day, like money can, like we print money, like the last, the 40% of all the money that it was in the U.S. was printed in the last 12 months by Biden. I didn't, I learned that fact too, when they print like 40% of it. So it literally is like, inflation is catching up. Like literally money means nothing basically. The only reason that I'm doing it is just because it's a skill set and that I just like it. And I know that it can change lives and I know that it can help people. Like somebody was just on the phone with me today and she was like, yeah, I can just learn this and I can pay some bills with it. Like I can use this to pay off some debt that I have um, on my credit card debt. I can use this to pay off student loans. I can use this to pay for it. Like they have a reason behind it. It's not just for the money. It's not just for that. Even though you can make like a thousand dollars a day from it, the goal should be like, how can I use this money? Because all the money that I got, I didn't spend it on shoes, clothes, anything. I spent it on, actually, I spent it too much on, like, conferences, masterminds, and stuff like that. Like, it's been crazy. I just bought a $3,500 thing from, uh, I'm not going to say the name, but a $3,500 master class on an option trading strategy, and I learned it. And now I'm about to start doing some plays with that. But I reinvest all the money that I get into learning more information because I know that information changes my situation. And so far I'm in a pretty good situation right now, as you can see, but it shouldn't matter how much money you make just matters about how much impact you create and what your purpose is. Like, what are you trying to achieve and what do you want in your life? That should be your focus. And once you find that all the money in the world will come to you. Well, (laughs) if you didn't know, now, you know, Thank y'all for tuning into another edition of Living Buster Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Von J. Palmer. Sean Bennett. We out. Peace.